This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. All right, so we're going to look at chapter 17, 1 Samuel chapter 17. We're going to look at the story today of David and Goliath. I'm sure many of us grew up with this story. If you went to church growing up, you went to, you know, VBS or you went to, you know, Sunday school, we all heard the story. And I feel like over the next few weeks that the Lord has really put something in my heart about going into 2019. You know, I think that typically in church, when we get into the season, you know, it's the holidays, it's Thanksgiving, it's Christmas, and so we start putting messages about being thankful and Christmas, and, and I just felt like the Lord was like, no, I want to go in a different direction. I want my people to be strong, and I want them to have a foundation to go into 2019, and I feel like God wants to develop that in the next few weeks with us. God wants us to know how to go into 2019 and attack, not react. Okay? A lot of times in life, we are just simply reacting to what's happening in our life instead of us being full of the Holy Spirit and going, no, I'm going to attack life with the Word of God. I'm going to attack life with God behind me and have victory in 2019. We're not going to allow just whatever happens to happen. So we're going to go into it and declare that it's going to be a year of victory and blessing. Right? Amen. Amen. Okay. So... 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 3 through 5 says this. So, the Philistines and Israel, uh, Israelites faced each other uh, in opposition on, a, on opposite hills with a valley in between them. Then Goliath, the Philistine champion, came out of the Philistine ranks and faced the forces of Israel. He was over nine feet tall, and he wore a bronze helmet, and his bronze coat of mail weighed 125 pounds. Okay, so let's think about this for a second. Let's put up that first picture. It's Shaq, okay? All right, so this is Shaquille O'Neal, okay, with Kevin Hart. I just love the, just love the difference there, okay? Now, Shaq wears size 22, okay, literally a mini boat on his foot, okay? Wears size 22. He weighs 324 pounds, and Shaq is 7'1", Okay? I don't know about you, but if I was standing next to Shaq, I'd be kind of intimidated, okay? So that's Shaq, okay? Goliath, okay, let's put up that next picture. Goliath, okay, he would approximately wore a size 28 shoe, okay? Okay, where, where were they? Who was making 28-size sandals back in that day? That's what I want to know, okay? Oh, all right, 28, he would have weighed probably roughly around 409 pounds, and he was 9 feet Tall, which made him two feet taller than Shaquille O'Neal, okay? So Goliath was a massive man, okay? Let's keep going. Verse 8 says this, Goliath stood and shouted and taunted across to Israel. He said this, I'm the Philistine champion, and you are only the servants of Saul. Choose one man to come down here and fight me. If he kills me, then we will be your slaves. But if I kill him... I will be your slaves. Verse 10, I defy the armies of the Israel today. <laughs> Send me one man who will fight me. Verse 11, when Saul and the Israelites heard this, they were terrified and deeply shaken. Point number one is this. 
What giants in your life are causing you to run and hide and tremble in fear? Because the reality is this. We all face different giants in our life. And when a giant comes into our life, his whole purpose is to bring fear into our souls. He wants to deal in the realm of fear because fear is the gateway for the enemy to slide into your life, okay? Fear is the gateway that if you get into deep fear, the enemy has an open door to come in and bring ruins into everything into your life. So let's talk about some giants today. I'm sorry. I'm a little sick today. I'm on meds. I'm not getting her sick, I promise. (coughs) But bear with me. Okay. Giants, like, for instance, the giant of anxiety. I don't know about you, but I face this giant sometimes, wondering what will happen. How can I figure it all out? Not feeling in control, always wanting to be ahead and trying to make sure I can manage everything, and so I get into anxiety. Or how about the giant of shame and guilt, okay? I'm sure a lot of us deal with this one where the enemy reminds us of who we're not or the enemy reminds us of our past or the enemy reminds us that, you know, I'm not the father I want to be or the mom that I want to be. Look at that mom. She does crafts and she does field trips with her kids all the time and I don't do these kind of things and I feel guilty and shameful, you know, or maybe the giant of money, of debt and, you know, sometimes poor management of money, or maybe the giant of insecurity. We don't like how we look. We don't like who we are. We don't feel like we've accomplished enough in life. And, or maybe it's the giant of health or sadness or abuse. I don't really know what your giant is today, but the reality is this. We all face giants in this life. Okay, And when the giant comes, he comes and he brings fear. And what happens typically is this. Instantly, we feel what? Overwhelmed. We feel overwhelmed. Just like we saw in the verse. They run because they're overwhelmed. They're looking at Goliath and they're like, look at this guy. He's like nine feet tall and he's huge and he has, you know, massive muscles and who are we compared to him? And so, you know, we feel overwhelmed. And when we feel overwhelmed, we feel like, what can I do? Right? You know, because that's the thought. The instant thought is when we feel overwhelmed, it's like, what can I do about this situation? Or we feel overwhelmed and we run and we eat way more food than we should and we binge Netflix and I watch a bunch of episodes of The Office. Can I get an amen? Okay. I just, I literally just watched the episode the other night where Michael walks into the room and he goes, I declare bankruptcy in front of like everybody. And then Oscar's like, you know, you can't just say it, you know, like you just can't declare it. And then, you know, he runs to the train because he's going to run away. I, I think we need more office and Michael Scott in all of our lives, okay? But when we feel overwhelmed like Saul did and Israel did, It causes us to have deep fear, and it causes us to run and hide. And I think a lot of times in life, I think we even run and hide from God at these moments because we're overwhelmed, and we're like, I don't know what to do, and I don't know how to approach God right now. And I don't know if he realizes what's going on in my life, and I don't know if he realizes what I'm facing right now, and I don't know if he knows the giant that I'm dealing with. Let's go to verse 16. 
says this, for 40 days, every morning and evening, the Philistine champion strutted out in front of Israel's mighty army. Point number two is this. How long will you allow Goliath to talk to you? Because for 40 days and for 40 nights, Goliath came out and said, I'm the best. What are you guys going to do? Who are you going to send against me? I defy the armies of the living God. The reality is this. When we allow the enemy to talk to us, okay, let's, let's make sure we understand what it means for the enemy to talk to us. Anything that is contrary to God's promises, anything that is contrary to the word of God, anything that is contrary to what God has spoken over your life is the enemy speaking to you, okay? Now, when you feel guilt, when you feel shame, when you feel inadequate, when you feel like God is not for you, this is the enemy speaking to you, okay? We need to understand that. We need to recognize what is the voice of God and what is the voice of the enemy because I think a lot of times we don't know which is which, right? So the Bible says that Jesus, our good shepherd, will lead us with his voice. So what does the voice of the good shepherd sound like? It sounds like the word of God, okay? The voice of the good shepherd sounds like encouragement. The voice of the good shepherd sounds like, Simon, I believe in you, and I know that I'm for you, and you will succeed, and you will not fail, and I've got your back, okay? The voice of the Lord is always encouraging. The voice of the Lord is always empowering. The voice of the Lord always has authority. <coughs> the voice of the Lord is always for you and not against you. So when you hear a different voice inside of you, you have to know and recognize, this is not the voice of my father. This is not the voice of my good dad. This is not the voice of Jesus. This is the voice of the enemy. And the question is, at that point, you have to figure out, how long am I going to allow him to stand and speak to me? How long am I going to allow him to have a voice in my life? How long am I going to allow him to speak against my future that God has declared that he said that he is with me, he is for me, he's not against me, right? How long am I going to allow him to stand and defy what God is doing in me and through me? Amen? We have to make this decision because the reality is this. The longer you allow the enemy to speak over you, the more of a hold he has in your life. Because those lies end up becoming what? To you. Truth. A lie ends up becoming something that you absolutely believe about yourself. I'm not qualified. Not good enough. I'll never forget, I was a youth pastor, and um, it's probably six years in, and I was sitting down with my senior pastor, and he asked me this question. He said, Jeff, what do you want to do with your life long term? I said, at that time, I was just really happy being a youth pastor, but I said, I think, I think that the Lord wants me to start a church someday. And I remember this. I'll, I'll never forget this. 
I can't explain to you how or, or, or how it happened. I just remember seeing something change in his eyes. And he looked at me and he said, Jeff, you're an uneducated man. There's no way that you're ever going to be able to possess running a church on your own. You'll always be a help in the ministry, but you can never be the senior pastor guy someday. I'll never forget that. And I remember something inside of me rose up instantly and said, that is a lie from the pit of hell. Don't you take that lie and believe it as truth. This is not me. This is man. You have to decide. You have to choose. Am I going to listen to the voice of the enemy or am I going to listen to the voice of my father? Okay? Verse 23 says this. As he was talking with them, Goliath, the Philistine champion, came out from the Philistine ranks. And then David heard him shout his usual taunts to the armies of Israel. Verse 24, as soon as Israel saw him, they began to run away in fright. And they say this, have you seen the giant? Have you seen the giant? You know, it's funny is that we talk to each other about our giants because we want somebody to make us feel good about our giant, right? So, you know, we go, oh, I'm just living in so much anxiety. I bet you know it's like, oh, yeah, I have just have so much fear about my children and their future and what's going to happen to them. And, you know, are they going to get a car accident someday? Or, you know, is somebody going to come to the school with a gun? You know, what's going to happen? And, and what, what are we doing? We just want sympathy. Because we allow this giant of anxiety to stay in our life. And we just want somebody else to tell me I'm okay to allow this giant to stay in my life. And we can just live in anxiety together. Isn't it amazing how, like, bitter people find bitter people? Yeah? Or, like, angry people find angry people? Why? Because it's a spirit. It's a giant. It's something that they have chosen to say, I'm okay being the fearful anxiety person the rest of my life. I'm going to allow this giant of anxiety to stay in my life. So what happens? You'll find other people that have the same issue. Okay? So this guy goes, have you seen the giant? Can you believe this giant? The man asks. He comes out each day and defies Israel. The king has offered a huge reward to anyone who kills him. He will give that man one of his daughters as their wife, and the man's entire family will be exempt from paying taxes. Can we get an amen on that, somebody? Come on. Praise Jesus. So the book of Romans tells us this. The book of Romans tells us that our God is a rewarder. Okay, which I'm really excited about, that as I pursue the Lord, that he is a rewarder, bringing good things into my life, bringing good things into your life. Now, here's the reality. The reward didn't come until the giant was dead. Did you get that? Until the giant was taken care of, the reward wasn't coming. So there was great reward to the one who would step up and defeat Goliath, 
but it was not going to come until he was dead. The same thing happens in your life. God has blessing and favor for you once you defeat your Goliath. But he's going, listen, we've got to defeat fear. We've got to defeat death. We've got to defeat debt. We got to defeat these things. Why? Because you're not going to be able to handle the blessing until you learn to overcome. Okay? Listen, we are called to be overcomers in the kingdom of God. Now, listen, God's not asking you to do this on your own. He's going to do it through his grace, his strength, his power. But you're going to have to learn how to absolutely trust him to find the victory. But once you find the victory, there is great blessing and favor that will come through, through it. Okay? Verse 26. So David asked the soldier standing nearby, what will the man get for killing the Philistine and ending this defiance of Israel? Who is this pagan Philistine anyways that is allowed to defy the armies of the living God? Point number three, the spirit of God comes alive in David. The spirit of God raises up. Romans chapter 8, verse 11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives in you. We should be like, we should be flipping chairs right now. We should be burning this place to the ground. We should be running. Listen, the Word of God just declared that the same Spirit that rose Christ from death, from hell, lives and breathes and is active in your soul today. Can I get an amen? amen? The same spirit. This is what's happening to David. The spirit of God is rising up in David and saying, who is this guy? Who is Goliath? Who is he who would defy the armies of the living God? At some point in time, the spirit of God has to rise up and go, anxiety, who are you? Who are you? Fear? Who are you? Debt? Who are you? Pain? Who are you? Health? Who are you? No, 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 no. That is not what my Bible says. That is not what the Word of God declares over my life. That is not God's promises. That is not God's truth. That is not what God has said over my life. I will not live another day in your life. The Spirit of God is rising up in David, and he's going, wait a minute. You don't get to talk to me or my God that way. Amen? Amen. Spirit of God is alive. Verse 41 says this, that Goliath walked towards David with his shield barrier ahead of him, snickering in contempt at the boy. Verse 43, he says this, Am I a dog, he roared at David, that you would come at me with a stick? And he cursed at David in the names of his God. Point number four is this. It's your choice. It's your choice. Each day we get to make the choice. Do I believe what God has spoken over my life? Or am I going to believe everything that hell's speaking over my life? Am I going to believe fear? 
I'm going to believe anxiety? Am I going to believe guilt and shame? Am I going to believe all these things that I'm feeling? And can we just say this for a second? That word feeling. Isn't it amazing how our feelings go up and down all day, all night? You know, I'm pretty sure we were all feeling pretty good when we were stuffing our mouths full of turkey and gravy and stuffing and great pies. Listen, feelings come and feelings go, but the enemy is a manipulator of your feelings. And he knows how to work your feelings to get you into a place that you back down and you run and you hide. It's our choice. Romans chapter 8, verse 37, it says this. Yet in all things. I love that it didn't say some things or a few things or little things. It says yet in all things, meaning every issue of your life, no matter what it is, how big or small, it says this. <coughs> yet in all things, we are more than conquerors and gain an overwhelming victory through him who loves us. First John chapter 5 verse 4 says this, for every child of God defeats this evil world and achieves this through our faith. Listen, we are called to win. Thank you. Thank you. We are called to win. Listen, Jesus did not go to the cross and give his life so that we could live just in sin and pain and lack. Jesus bore the cross. He bore the whip. He bore the nails. He bore the shame. He bore the guilt. He bore the sin. He took it all in him so that you and I could live in victory here on planet earth, not just the life to come. I'm so tired of this thought that we think, well, you know what? When I see Jesus, everything will be made right. Well, yes, it will. But I want to have victory here and now. I want to have victory over pain. I want to have victory over anxiety. I want to have victory over guilt and shame. I want to live the life that God has called me to live and to live it with victory through him because the word of God promises that to me. It promises that to you. It's his truth. It's his promise. We are called to live in victory. Listen, when you win, so do others. But when you don't win, others look at you and go, so you're a Jesus follower, right? Or you're a Christian, or you go to church, right? They'll ask these questions. And then the next thought they'll have in their head is thinking, well, why do you deal with the same things that I deal with? Why? I thought, I thought your God was mighty. I thought your God was strong. I thought your God was powerful. I thought your God could do the impossible. Why are you living at the same place that I'm living at? Listen, this world doesn't need another message. They need you to show them who Jesus Christ is. They need to see you have victory. Victory. They need to see this. They need to see you have victory in your finances. 
They need to see you have victory in your health. They need to see you have victory over fear. They need to see you mighty and strong. Listen, that is what's going to grab their heart. That's what's going to grab their attention. Listen, my favorite Instagram posts of the whole entire weekend, which there was a lot, okay? I love Thanksgiving weekend. I love seeing all the family pictures. I love, love Instagram and Facebook at the holidays because it actually is something positive, okay, for the first time, okay? But my favorite post was this. It was Devin and Kevin, and they had their children, and they were cutting up their credit cards, cutting up their credit cards, and they were teaching their children, we are not going to live in debt anymore. We're not going to live by the world system anymore. We're going to live by the kingdom of God, and we're going to live by his promises and his truth, and we're going to live out what the life that God has called us to live out. Can we give it up for Devin and Kevin today? Just such an amazing. And they've been fighting. I know stories. They've been putting the kingdom first. They've been tithing. They've been trusting the Lord. And I know, I know that I know that they're going to live the abundant life, that they're going to be so blessed someday, they're going to be blessed to be a blessing. Why? Because they took the word of God and they looked at the giant of debt and said, no longer, no longer will we be slaves to you. No longer will we listen to your voice. We will take the word of God and we will find victory. We are called to win. And someday somebody's going to come into this church and they're going to be struggling in their finances. And you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, go talk to Devin and Kevin because they found victory in Christ Jesus. Amen. This is what God has called us to do. Gosh. God wants you to win. He wants you to succeed. He wants you to live the blessed life that he came to bring. Verse 45. David replied to the Philistine, You come to me with the sword and the spear and the javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord, the heavens and the armies the God of the armies of Israel, who you have defied. Verse 46. It's one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Okay? I say it all the time, but I do. <laughs> this verse is like an action movie. Like, I love the movie Die Hard. Anybody remember that movie back in the day? I just love bloody, gory movies. Okay? And, and, and this is what David says to him. He says, Today... The Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you, and I'm going to cut your head off. <laughs> I love that. David is so confident. He is so bold. He is so mighty. He's saying, listen, I'm not just going to kill you, but I'm going to cut your head off today. And then he says this, I will give bodies, the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. So David doesn't even declare that he's going to beat Goliath. He said, I'm going to beat you and all of your idiot friends too, okay? All of you. Okay? David's like 13, by the way. 
okay? It's like, it's like Michael standing up here with his guitar, you know? I'm going to play a mighty song to the Lord, and I'm going to defeat you with my worship, you know? Love David. And then he says this, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. See, this is what happens when you find victory. When you find victory, the whole world is put on notice. God is alive. God's alive. You can't dispute when God shows up. You can't dispute when God brings victory. Verse 47. Worship team, you guys can come on up. And everyone who is assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people. But not with this sword, not with a spear. This the battle, the Lord's, this is the Lord's battle. And he will give you us today. Listen, the Lord doesn't want you to walk into 2019 with the same giants that you had in 2018. You can't, you can't take the territory that God wants you to take if you just take the junk of 2018 into 2019. So God's going, you got to face him. You got to face him. And the problem is so many times we pray these prayers. God, just eliminate this. God, just take care of this. God, just, just let it be done, God. And God's going, nope. Sorry. I want you to see me work in your life and you find victory. I want you to experience my strength and overcome insecurity. If we could put all the insecure thoughts in this room on the screen, it would fill up the whole entire screen. If we could put all the thoughts of doubt and fear in this room on the screen, it would just fill up the screen. If we could put all the thoughts of inadequacy on the screen, we would fill this whole entire room with our thoughts of fear and doubt and insecurity and inadequacies. And God goes, I want to eliminate all this. I want you to walk in victory. I want you to walk in strength. I want you to walk in security. I want you to walk with me. Would you stand up this morning? But there's this great key to finding victory. And the key is this. The closer you are to Jesus, the more I think like he thinks. The more I view life the way he views it. The more grace and strength I have to overcome. Listen, you're not going to overcome through your strength and your ability. You're going to overcome through his ability. This is why David says, I come to you in the name of the Lord. I don't come to you in my strength. I don't come to you in my grace. I come to you in the name of the Lord. And you have defied God. So guess what? You're going to bow down to my God. Because my God is mighty. My God is strong. My God is faithful. 
you close your eyes this morning. Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.